Hi guys, um, it's Callista, and I, this is gonna be all over the place, there's like very hardly any organization, but I'm gonna try my best, um, that being said, very off-brand of me to, actually maybe it's on-brand, I don't know, I, I've always kind of wanted to do a podcast, but, like, I've always kind of felt like it was very cliche, like, something that everybody was doing and, like, nobody cares, which maybe that's true. Maybe people still don't care, um, but I think it's, I mean, it's been something that I've wanted to do since probably, like, two years now, like, 2021, um, I started off listening to Welcome to Paradise, um, with Sophia, and I like Emma Chamberlain's podcast, and a few other small creators on Instagram, so I think at this point, it's kind of just, like, not being afraid of doing something that's cringe, because I feel like down the line, when I'm old and whatever, like, I will have regrets, and I just, I don't really want to feel like that, um, so yeah, I think also the basis of this podcast, or I don't even, let's just not even call it a podcast, let's just call it like, let's just call it a voice memo, because that's what makes me feel better, because in my head, that's all this is, like, it's me doing self-therapy, pretty much, um, in terms of, like, journaling and stuff in my self-healing journey and like mental health I've always been journaling but my like I've go through eras like at first I was very very heavy on the notes app but I really hate to break it to you like I do not like the I do not use the notes app anymore um just because I and I've I've been a notes app from I've been a stand from the beginning like 2015 2017 like that kind of time like that was that was all me but that's the problem is like I would have notes upon notes upon notes like a library diary full of things that it's I guess I just wasn't smart about it like I think if you really were (laughs) high IQ brain you would have done the notes like because I would start like here's the day here's like today's date um for example like today's March 10th so I do like March 10th enter and then I would say how I feel that day kind of like not really notes but like a diary I guess um just so I know like that day what happened how I'm feeling boom next but I would always scroll all the way to the bottom of those notes and put the next day below that so you could imagine how many days I did that and how long I was scrolling each time to like get to the next day and that in itself is so exhausting like imagine having a bad day and then having to sit there for like three minutes at a time like just a vent like it was infuriating and then I would start new folders but like it was just the same thing so it felt more of a chore for me to do notes in that way 
And so when I was lazy, I would, it started off where I would just text myself and I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm going to enter that in my notes tomorrow. Like if I just didn't feel like it or I was busy or whatever, like I would just jot it down and be like, okay, I'm going to elaborate more about this in my notes. But you know what? I never did. Um, so I ended up just starting to text myself because I honestly really never even go back and look at my notes anyways. It's just good to know that they're there if I need it. So for me, like texting is so quick. Like my, my, I'm always texting. Like I just pull up, type real quick, boom, send it into the invert. Like the universe is like, you know, just quick, easy, and it does the job. Um, so that's my lazy version. But also if it's something that's like really um, serious or really something that's eating me alive, like consuming my soul, like if it's about somebody like a boy or something my parents did or just being really upset and struggling, like I will do a voice memo. And it started in the summer of 2021 when I originally felt like doing a podcast, but I would like go for walks and put my voice memo on and kind of just talk about things and how I was feeling just to like do like a therapy session, like while I'm doing other things, just talk to myself, like figure things out. Like I would be painting or like even just like laying in bed. So there's like the intentional ones, but there's definitely been times at night too, where I'm like, so tired but I just have a lot to say and I'm like okay I'm really not texting this like I don't like the speed of my thoughts racing into my brain right now is way too fast for me to even write this down or type it and I'll get to that too because I did used to write my notes too but that was the problem too like in my journal um it's like you can only really journal if you are home like and you have your journal there and then by the time that happened I'd forget and also like it's just like, again, like the speed of light is how fast my thoughts come in. And that just doesn't match up with how slow that I'm writing it down. So yeah, anyways, end of that ramble. I think moving forward into what I kind of want to talk about in this podcast or something in my life that I'm, or not podcast, voice memo in this episode of my voice memo. Um... I don't really know where to start, I guess, but the basis of what I want to talk about is kind of attachment styles and what mine used to be, why it was like that, kind of give some education on what attachment styles are because I feel like um, some people might not know. I know I didn't know before I did know, which obviously, but I've only just kind of figured it out through again, like the past couple years. Um, and it's something that I'm always still learning more about, but, um, yeah. And kind of like from what it was to what it is now and how it's interfering in my life. So to start off, let's talk about the different types of attachment styles um apparently to verywellmind.com because i just couldn't even think about how to describe this to someone um about what an attachment style is but according to them an attachment style is like they're characterized by the different ways that we interact and behave in relationships um so like during early childhood these attachment styles are centered based upon like how our parents and us like interact but 
In adulthood, um, attachment styles are usually used to describe patterns of attachment in romantic relationships or even just like I notice in myself like relationships with friends. Um, So yeah, there are typically four recognizable attachment styles and these are like anxious attachment, um, secure avoidant and disorganized attachments secure attachments are comfortable with closeness they trust that they're valuable and worthy of love they communicate openly and honestly and they can need their partner but also be independent they can be vulnerable and also hold their partner to be vulnerable as well anxious attachment styles um fear rejection and abandonment they need a lot of reassurance but have trouble trusting it when it comes their way they take care of others but often feel resentful for doing so um they feel desperate to be heard and validated but they also crave closeness um but associate closeness with abandonment um avoidant attachment styles have a hard time knowing their feelings or if they even have feelings they want a relationship but closeness can feel like really uncomfortable and mysterious to them they approach emotional problems with reason and logic and they never learned how to deal with conflict in relationships um they don't really have like attachment needs they kind of just avoid it at all cost and disorganized um attachment styles are pretty much what it says um they feel unsafe um they their like inner experience is very chaotic and confusing to them they are pulling you in and then pushing you away like oh go away no come back like go away come back like i need you i hate you like um so yeah pulling in then pushing out then pulling in again they're scared they have a negative self-image they can't go forward with others until they learn that it's safe to trust them again and what trust means um and their behaviors are unpredictable and hard to categorize for secure attachments um painful feelings are painful but they know that they're going to be okay and they feel like they're going to be okay um so they're kind of just like let's talk about things with their partner and they're kind of just like help me understand like what's going on inside of you and i'll help you understand what's happening inside of me just very healthy communication in in anxious attachment when they're hurting it feels like their body is on fire like if they could just get through to them like oh if i could just get through to you if i could just reach you like the pain would go away like please hear me um for avoidant attachments they're thinking like i stuffed my feelings away a long time ago i stay safe by thinking why can't my words and logic make you understand like how i'm trying like how hard um and in disorganized attachments they're thinking um i don't understand what's happening inside of me how i could feel so much rage towards you but at the same time fear that you'll go away 
So it's like, again, like, go away, come back type of feeling. Anxious partners fear that their relationship needs won't be met and they very often seek to be heard and validated. They're hyper aware of anything that signals abandonment by their partner, whether that's real or something perceived in their head that they just feel. Um, They're desperate to like close the distance in their relationship and often seek closeness with demands of like raising the bar, um, criticism, getting like emotionally big. And disorganized partners often play the role of the anxious partner in the relationship negative cycle with, um, I guess, some like a little different variations of the anxious behavior. Avoidant attachment um, style partners are usually difficult. They have difficulty like accessing and expressing their emotions. They seek to feel appreciated and often seen as like good enough in their partner's eyes. They fear being seen as a failure. They kind of avoid conflict um, and try to keep things from getting worse and try to keep the peace by like deflection, defending themselves, getting rational, appeasing, kind of like shutting down. And I bring this up because there's there's a chart and I will, I'll tell you, so um, I'm doing a few different things in terms of like research and explaining all of this, but um, the best thing like that I've been getting all my info from and really learning a lot um, so much on is at the secure relationship on Instagram. Um, Her page is like amazing. She posts things every day or almost like every day. I think like really explaining the different attachment styles, um, why that happens, like what they mean, how to deal with anger, how to resolve conflict, like all of these things that are so helpful. Um, so yeah, I will either like use them for myself or like send them to my boyfriend. Um, and yeah, so anyways, there's this chart on one of her pages, one of her posts. Ow, I just pulled my hair. All right, well, that was lovely. I just ripped out like three pieces of my freaking like front hair. I'm going to have like a bald spot. Um, my stupid, I have like gel nails and they, my nail broke and it just like things keep getting stuck. But anyways, um, so there's this chart and it's the common negative cycle in anxious avoidant like dynamics um, that like block intimacy, block problem resolution and kind of like erodes the relationship over time and so it's kind of like this infinity symbol of the anxious partner saying um you just don't care about me thinking i feel misunderstood and underappreciated and then the anxious uh the avoidant that was so that was the anxious partner and then the avoidant partner comes here and says you're overreacting and then saying i feel unheard and invalidated and then that goes to the anxious partner again, like, oh, you just don't care about me. I feel misunderstood and appreci- underappreciated. And then, like, the avoidant person's like, you're overreacting. And so that is, like, a very good representation of, a, like, a lot of issues that my boyfriend and I seem to be having um, as of lately. Which is weird because now I'll go into, like, how I used to be. 
and my um, attachment style when I first met him. So when I first met my boyfriend, I was so emotionally unavailable. I was not ready at all for a relationship. I did not know how to be affectionate um, or loving. I didn't know healthy love. And a lot of that comes from my growing up. I come from a very dysfunctional family. I have a lot of trauma. And um, I just generally, overall, until recently, have never really felt safe. And even with friends, like, I'm gonna be real. Like, I don't really have any friends. Like, any. There's people that I like talk to like we're acquainted like online or something or like someone that'll hang out with that I don't even really know like every so often like maybe like once a year um but I don't have any like actual friends and I think like any I mean I think I feel like I'm all over the place (laughs) I think and maybe that this is a story for a different day but to like go into it a little bit I think that any friend that I did have at the time like my own issues like were from yes a lot of family things but also like friends as a child like as a teen um I had so many friends like growing up and people that I thought were like truly best friends like until middle school and then from middle school on like I just didn't have any I was very heavily bullied in middle school I, um, like, cyberbullying in person, things that affected, like, my family, like, my sibling, um, it was just not good. Anyone that I thought was my friend, like, immediately turned on me, and it was like, everybody, don't be friends with her. Um, it was, like, verbal, like I said, cyber, but also, like, physical, and from then on, like, I just could not make friends. Like, I would have friends, and it was always, like, fake friend, fake friend, fake friend, and I just, like, am the type of person that I'm very genuine, like, I don't, and I'm also, I guess, like, unique, like, I don't like doing the things that everybody likes doing, like, I don't like going out partying and doing all this stuff, like, I don't like to pretend, like, I'm just, I don't know, I feel like I'm very authentic, and for me, when I love, I love really hard, so in terms of friends, like, if you're my friend, I'm, like, or even, like, my boyfriend, like, anyone, like, I'm, like, a ride or die for you, like, I will do everything in my power that I can for those people, like, I care so much, and, like, in terms of, like, acts of service, like, love, like, you know, like, words of affirmation, like, all the love languages, and also, like, gifts, like, so many things, so, um, for me, it sucks because I feel like I've never really gotten that back besides my boyfriend that I have now. But um, before then, I really, I mean, I, I feel like I've had maybe a few genuine friends on the internet. And anything that was genuine from that point on, like, I've just ruined. Um, kind of like a self-sabotage every time that I get really close to someone. It freaks me out. Like, I mean, not really anymore, but it did a lot. And so, um, I've never been in a relationship before my boyfriend, which we met 
um in 2020 the end of 2020 like september 2020 and um yeah i'm we talked until we got together in june 2022 so we talked for a while we went through a lot of things a lot of things to get me to be in the place to be in a relationship with him but all before then like i was really not ready um to be with him like we we talked and we were like exclusive but we were just not dating we were pretty much dating without the dating like we would send each other gifts like we said i love you before we were dating which is really crazy so if you think about it like we literally were like dating but it was just the word and the commitment of saying hey we're dating this is my boyfriend that really was so hard for me even like being with him like i was the one who asked him out like who asked him to be my boyfriend like he was not allowed like he wanted to but like when it happened it just ended up being me the one that did it um because it was a moment that I felt safe and I was just like okay I want to be with him um so yeah anyways so I was just really emotionally unavailable like and I would tell him like I just am not ready like i can't be those things that you want for me like i can't like i could not even give a compliment like it was it felt like embarrassing for me to like someone and to talk about it like i could not even think of like having a wedding and like see having everyone know that we like each other like or tell my parents like oh hey i'm dating him or like them knowing that we kiss or like (laughs) getting pregnant and knowing that we did that like all those things like i would i it was so even like talk about saying i love you like it was really hard for me to say that like when we first said it it was over text and even texting was so hard like i typed it like i love you and then boom like my phone across the room like just throwing my phone because i just was cringe like i could not even like bear like it was just like oh my goodness um and so yeah so when we actually did say it like verbally it was really hard I was just like I love you like so like it was just it didn't come out easy and it was again very cringe and I hardly said it like anytime he showed affection like oh you're the best person in the world like whatever like I could not say it back um I would just say same same like to anything he said like I would not I cannot say anything and so like that was hard like going to therapy like I have OCD too so it was that it was I had really bad relationship OCD which I'll make another um (laughs) voice memo about but um yeah so I had partner focused OCD um it was freaking tough man and I really put in the work to be the person that I knew that he wanted me to be and the person that I know that I should be to be in a relationship because I really did want to. And we've had like so many things that we've gone through, so many fights, so many everything, but I feel like that's what it takes to have a healthy relationship, especially with two people that maybe have their own issues. And honestly, I think that everyone everyone does have their own stuff like um nobody's perfect we all have our own unique lives from unique parents and experiences and um yeah so i think as long as you're both willing to put in the work to make it happen like you're you know (laughs) 
undefeatable. Like, you're, you can get through anything. Hopefully. And I'm saying hopefully for me, like, knock on wood. Um, but yeah, so there was a lot of things. And I guess in terms of therapy, <laughs> and going back to therapy, like an example, and in terms of like, um, with the friends thing, not even in a relationship, but anytime that I, so I guess like when I said self-sabotaging, anytime I would be friends with someone and it be going somewhere like, oh, we're really close. We're talking for a long time. Like if I talked to someone every single day, a lot done. Like I would be so sick of them. I would find every ick in the world, any excuse to not talk to them anymore. And I'm not gonna lie, like, I actually did do that with my boyfriend, too, but before, I would do that with a lot of friends, and my therapist kind of caught this pattern of me constantly saying these things and doing these things and, like, distancing myself away from friends, and ultimately, like, as much as she did help me and, like, make me realize, like, it didn't, it really did not save a lot of friendships for me, but, um, yeah, I think that's something that I still do struggle with, actually, but I've definitely been better in the relationship department. Um, so yeah, my, did I even say what my attachment style was? My attachment style was disorganized. Um, and I guess it's, it was very obvious because it's kind of like, even to this day with my boyfriend, I still am like this, but for an example, like if, if there, like in any argument or any whatever like I'm just like oh we're done like I'm breaking up with you and I know how unhealthy that is like it's so bad but I can't help myself from doing that because it just feels so real in the moment um but yeah so like in the past I would block people like friends whoever um honestly even my boyfriend but so yeah I'd block and then be like itching to talk to them again and I'd feel like like oh I was like I don't know kind of like gaslighting myself into thinking that what I did was I don't know like it was just complicated so yeah like blocking and then being like why aren't they contacting me like why aren't they trying like why aren't they still caring about me and it's like girl you literally just blocked them like it's just like the mixed signals type of situation um so yeah, I'm going to say a little bit more about the disorganized attachment. So there are like two broad types of disorganized attachment and um this attachment style that I'm going to get into is called oscillating and it closely relates to the anxious spectrum. Um they're driven by fear of abandonment the idea that these other people are dangerous, um, their pervasive inability to trust others and to trust that others don't want to harm them, and it makes it nearly impossible to truly ever connect. And again, that is so me because like I said, I never felt safe. Um, I have a background of like verbal, emotional, like physical harm, like or like abuse trauma from like a very young age and like those things have caused me like many OCD triggers and like I've had like CPTSD um or even like PTSD but 
um, events and things that have happened. So I really just never trusted people's um, intentions. And also mostly because most of the people that wanted to ever be with me um, were only wanting to use me for like their benefit like just use me for like sexual stuff or um you know like they just thought that I was hot like they didn't like me for who I was they didn't care really about anything that I said or they would talk to like other girls um and again like I'm just a very genuine person that that just like did not fly with me like for me to give you my whole like 110 100 300 percent like and then not really get anything back like doesn't fly like even in terms of like being sexual like or anything like my (laughs) first kiss was my boyfriend like at 22 years old like I it's not that I don't it's not that I didn't have the chance to because I did um I was just scared (laughs) like I was uncomfortable and I never met anyone that made me feel comfortable I remember, like, in kindergarten to, like, fifth grade, I I never even had a crush till, like, around, like, fourth, fifth grade. Maybe, like, third, I kind of realized, like, oh, what is this? And then, like, fourth, fifth grade, like, had a crush. Um, And that person was my crush all through high school. Um, And he asked me out along with, like, a bunch of other people because I was friends with, like, not that this is like not that this is like valid or means anything because it's just like stupid like it's not real but i'm just saying from like even how i was back then um like i was like i like played video games a lot like i played with my brother and every friday we would all like it was just like a bunch of guys and like all my friends were mainly guys at that point like um not trying to be like the oh i'm so quirky like i'm different like type of person i promise um but yeah, like, all my neighbors, like, I lived in a neighborhood that was all guys, and we were all, like, just best friends, we would get on, we would play, and I guess once we were in fifth grade, they would, like, multiple people would be like, oh, do you want to be my girlfriend, blah, 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 and I'd be like, no, 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 and then, like, he, like, asked, the guy, like, my crush, um, asked me to be his girlfriend, like, not even just once, like, many times, and I really did like him, but I would just be like, no, 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 and, like, part of it was this freaking double standard from my parents, because, you know what, they would always tell me, like, you're too young for a relationship, blah, blah, um, but then my brother, who was younger than me, he could have a girlfriend, like, come on, be for real, be for real, but anyways, um, yeah, so, anyway, fast forward to middle school, and he still liked me, he, I still liked him, like, he would still ask me out, and I was just a little idiot sandwich, because I would tell him, "Mm, you know what, I actually don't like you, like, I like somebody else, I like this other person, I, I was so brutal, like, I literally even told him his name, and from that point on, we never talked again (laughs) we were not friends he did not like me anymore and I think when I was in high school I tried like shooting my shot back at him like many times like even like in quote like accidentally um like snapping him being like oh I just coincidentally happened to accidentally click your name when trying to message my friend like sorry um that wasn't that that like good picture of me wasn't for you um (laughs) so anyways um yeah 
so it's kind of like that go away come back thing where it's like I don't like you but then I still want you to like me um and then I'm upset when you don't like me and yeah even like I don't know there's like many 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 different cases um or even this like I guess I wasn't gonna say this because I'm like it's kind of irrelevant but not really there was this other guy in high school um who I actually did kind of really like too um but I, I I don't even think back then I really knew what it meant to really like somebody because um my version of liking someone was just thinking that they're hot and I think that that's like still a big thing that people think to this day like at my grown age of 22 like seeing someone on tinder like I think that's what the whole basis of tinder is like seeing someone's appearance and being like oh I like you for me like I don't know if it's just me I personally don't like how I am now I don't really care about appearance like if you have a good personality if you make me feel good if you treat me good respect me like show me like the world like that is like the hottest thing that you could ever do like that makes me attracted to you and like I think that when someone has a good personality a good heart like that makes them more physically attractive kind of like if there's a really hot guy but he's really douchey like you he just becomes ugly um guy or girl by the way um but like in this case um so yeah so I just thought he was really hot and that was my definition of liking someone and I, I did not know him I never talked to him ever but I would see him I knew of him he was two years older than me and um I had uh this friend in art who was in his grade we were in photography class and they knew that I liked him and like one day I was like really into photoshop and so one day we like looked up pictures of him from google and it was it happened to be that he like went to africa or something or some it was like i think it was like a country in africa and he was doing charity and like holding like this baby and i put myself like i cropped him and in my bedroom like i took a mirror selfie and like cropped him holding me um and then (laughs) i my friend posted it on her story and he was one of those people that didn't have social media so someone i guess one of his friends screenshot it and sent it to him and then he texted my friend and was like who is that um and yeah long story short like we went like we hung out a few times we were we went on a date but it wasn't really a date it was he brought like triplets um and they weren't girls they were guys it was very strange while like playing footsie with me and like saying it was weird anyways that's like a different that's a different boy voice memo episode but yeah a couple times we were like at his house and he just he just wanted to be like sexual and like I as much as I thought he was hot like kind of like in that way like liked him um I just didn't feel comfortable with him I didn't know him and it didn't feel like he actually liked me which he didn't because he was apparently talking to a bunch of other girls like how dare you um and yeah, so I never, I never did that, and um, yeah, so I also found out that I'm like demisexual, which means that you can only like have sex or hook up with someone that you are like emotionally attached to, um, 
or like emotionally attracted to like have like a deep connection type of thing like I can't do like one night stands or like just be with like anyone just doesn't fly for me but (laughs) this is all whatever this is like my disorganized attachment so moving on to more important things um with a disorganized attachment there's this post so i'm gonna read it it says people like me people like me (laughs) with disorganized attachment uh, grew up in environments with some or all of the following experiences it says i had no way to make the pain of my unmet emotional needs go away other kids with insecure attachment styles developed second best strategies to feel better Avoidant attachment styles learned to shift their attention away from inner pain. Anxious attached children learned to continue demanding attention until they got a response. Um, I didn't have any strategies because nothing worked. I lived in a state of pain and inner chaos. That's why I'm disorganized. And the other styles are considered more organized. Sometimes my disorganization is described as fright without solution. So that was the first thing. Uh, The second thing is my parents have either emotionally, physically, or sexually harmed me or did not protect me from harm of others. Um, Another one is many of us were abused, but not all. Some of us experienced extreme neglect. Nobody was around for comfort. They were either physically gone and I was left alone much of the time or they were too consumed with their own chaotic relationship for me to be seen. Sometimes my parents have shown fear of me or even used to tell me as their own attachment figure or even used me as their own attachment figure, sorry. How could I ever develop internal resources for self-regulation when I had nobody around me to model it, teach it, or co-regulate me when I needed comfort and safety? My daily life was often full of stress and or neglect. Often, there was constant fighting between adults. Some of our families had multiple socioeconomic challenges. So then it says, um, here's how my experiences may show up in a relationship with my partner now, either consciously or subconsciously. It says, even though I crave attention, the concept of connection is also terrifying. Um, Which also, that reminds me, because I would always sit here and be like, oh, I can't be with you, blah, 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 but like, and little do they know and little does everyone know that like on my own while I'm like home every freaking day like watching my Netflix I was a hopeless romantic <laughs> like I would sit there and watch every disgusting cheesy show and movie in the world like it didn't matter what it was if it had some type of romantic connection like that I was in I would be that person <laughs> that would like watch or read um like fanfics on wattpad like it was it was bad um and i ever since i was younger also did want a boyfriend but it was kind of just like fantasy land you know like it just wasn't realistic at all so anyways um it says i'm terrified of abandonment and i'll abandon my partners first to avoid abandonment then blame them for abandoning me um it's also confusing i'm desperate for them to want me and then i might be disgusted when they do um what i want changes depending on what i want to be afraid of and wait 
What I want changes depending on what I happen to be afraid of. In any given moment, I'm a walking contradiction, which is literally me. And now that I think about it, like, I think that some of what happened between me and my boyfriend was this, me changing, um, depending on, like, what I want changing depending on what I'm afraid of rather than my OCD and how that would interfere. But I think maybe they were both. I don't know. Anyways, moving on. That's that's for me and my therapist, not my self-therapy. Um, so yeah, the next is sometimes I think fighting and drama are the only ways to achieve intimacy. Growing up, that's the predominant way I experienced emotional interactions. Fighting and making up. Of course, I want to fight. It's a safe way to feel emotion and connection. Um, and that literally is, that hits home. Sometimes I'm the type that does the opposite of fighting. Instead, I freeze up or unexpectedly run away for a period of time. This isn't avoidance. It's a trauma response. And I think that's where my ghosting came in because every time that I would like self-sabotage a friend, it was, it was ghosting. <laughs> um, it was just like instant like goodbye out of nowhere and leaving them feel like so confused. Like, why did I do that? The other one is I might explode over little things like feeling invalidated or reject- rejected due to trauma reactions but not react much at all to big things i can show no emotions at times but then sob uncontrollably at times it might be i might be threatening or overly submissive i might have a hard time with relationship therapy because for one it's so hard for me to trust the therapist and i already don't trust my partner but sometimes i do but i also don't this therapist is the greatest person to ever exist. No, wait, this therapist is awful. It's also hard for me to keep up with the concepts such as a negative cycle because there's so much conflicting emotion and behavior, it's hard to recognize anything in a way that makes sense. I also get so triggered in sessions, I might either explode or just emotionally freeze. All of this is so painful and confusing and it really gets in the way of my ability to access help. Um, and this is also how my behaviors affect my partner. Um, often my partner is also disorganized and things are pretty chaotic. Lots of fighting and making up. Sometimes this includes violence. Sometimes my partner works overtime to rescue or appease me. After months or years of this, they might tar- they might start to feel like they're walking on eggshells to keep me from getting upset. Even though they're a part of this cycle, it leaves them feeling hopeless and resentful. My partner can't keep up with my shifts and can become exhausted. If I have emotional outbor if I have emotional outbursts, sorry, or even get violent, which not all of us do, my partner starts to fear me and or what I might do next. Their love for their love for me, I'm so sorry, combined with their fear of what I might do is really hard and confusing for them. And that is literally also what's happening in my relationship right now. So maybe maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I don't have anxious attachments. Because, okay, spoiler alert, I just spoiled, man, I just spoiled, like, what I feel like my attachment style is now. Um, but I'll just save you the trouble and tell you that's what it was so i thought that i was no longer disorganized but maybe i am maybe this is just all that but then now i'm more anxious because of it i don't know again that's for my great therapist but also um part of the therapy thing like i sometimes do be like oh my god my therapist is the best person in the world and then like if she says one thing that i don't like 
I don't want to go. And honestly, I have not seen her in like a little over a month at this point. <laughs> Actually, I last saw her in January and it's March 10th. So, um, yeah, I need to schedule. Um, but you know what? It's hard, but I'm very self-aware, you guys. So, um, anyways, to get this show on the road, the second, um, type of disorganized attachment is called impoverished disorganized attachment. Um, which can also be described as an extreme version of avoidance, which this is the type of um, disorganized attachment I think I was before I met my boyfriend, like the whole like avoiding the relationship type of thing. Um, It says the difference is that those with organized avoidant attachments usually seek romantic relationships and they use their avoidance strategies to manage their relationship pain. Those who are impoverished, disorganized, um, attachment styles manage their inner pain by keeping their lives as rigid and stress-free as possible which usually means they avoid relationships altogether while those with an avoidant attachment style have a hard time understanding their inner world of themselves or other people those with the impoverished disorganized attachment take this to a new level by having almost no awareness of their inner worlds or those of others um those that have regular avoidant attachment styles usually live in lives that they get out, they go socialize and participate in like activities, but those with this impoverished, disorganized attachment styles keep their lives pretty small, like to avoid the stress, so they don't really go out. They often have jobs that are below their aptitude of what they can do to keep them from feeling failure um, and deep, painful feelings um so i think me going into like every single attachment style in this way is very very time consuming and probably hard to listen to so i'm going to save you the trouble and not do that but like i said you can take the test online for um attachment styles you can like go on this girl's page this lady's page her thing is at the secure um at the secure relationship sorry and go on her things and what she says and kind of figure it out for yourself um i never took a test i just kind of know um but yeah and so kind of just see your own um i'm just going to go into the anxious attachment first to kind of let you know what i was thinking and kind of like figure this out for myself um, cause like I said, that's like the point of these memos is for me to kind of just like figure my, my stuff out, you know? So yeah, just to save you the time. So the anxious version, um, of all of that says the first thing you need to know about me is I'm driven by fear of abandonment and a deep need to feel emotionally validated. Sometimes my fear of abandonment makes it hard for me to trust that others can truly be there for me. This can get away this can get in the way of the connection that I so deeply crave. So I'm not gonna go into it says people like me grew up in environments with some or all of the following messages, um, which became ingrained. Um I don't think that I grew up I mean I hmm. Actually, okay, I think I will say them actually because I don't know necessarily if it's like the big reason that I feel like this, but maybe from experiences with things with my boyfriend or like growing up partly, but I do feel like the things I'm saying right now 
Um, actually, I'll only say the ones that I feel resonate with me. So, others might provide with emotional provide me with emotional connection and they might not like I never know if I'll be responded to asking for comfort or connection is useless I have to protest demand or be charming and or useful to be seen and responded to Um, there's no space for my big feelings if I show them I'll be shamed punished isolated and or appeased Um, my needs are too much for others to deal with And even if I get the connection that I crave, it could go away at any moment. So I can never really trust it or take it in. And kind of like I was just saying, I don't think that that's something that I grew up with. But I do think that I feel like that because of things that have happened in my relationship with my boyfriend. So it says here how the messages might show up in my relationship. Um... I might endlessly test my partner's love and look for reasons to believe that it's not real even when it is. It can be really hard for me to see my part in relationship problems because on the surface, it appears like I'm the only one doing all the work and that my partner is doing none, which sometimes this is true, but sometimes my partner is trying in ways that I can't see and sometimes I'm trying in ways that are counterproductive and I think that one just hits it right on the nail too because that is very much me and I'll always sit there and say like kind of like this you know it takes two to tango and I'm the only one putting in the work and like you know picking up all the pieces and putting the puzzle back together when um sometimes that i guess just might not be the case so here it says the ways that this affects my behavior like my behaviors that affect my partner um so it says when my partner is blamed as being the only one who can't be vulnerable they feel as if i see them as flawed when my partner feels tested over and over again they feel demoralized um When I don't know how to communicate my need for validation, my partner can't know how to meet that need. And I think that goes into disorganized as well because in the past, I have had a really hard time too, like saying the things I did in therapy to be more affectionate. Like part of my therapy process and being better was having homeworks. And so after therapy that week of like, um being like oh hey like I say same every time he says this um my homework for that week would be okay well you're not allowed to say same like you have to say the same thing that he says back like mirror effect like if he says you're the best person in the whole world like you have to say you're the best person in the whole world um so when it came to you know anything like I was the one who sits there and again always wants to help other people's problems but would never share my own would never ask for help um I couldn't even tell him like if I had a really bad day or something bad happened to me like I would not say anything like I would keep it to myself I wouldn't really say if I wasn't feeling good like or if there was a problem between him and I like I would never say it and kind of always expect him to just read my mind which I know is really bad or if there was something wrong um I would like 
not say what's wrong, but kind of hint that something was wrong by like not texting. Like I, I would reply, but it would be such a short message that obviously shows that I'm clearly annoyed. Like just saying like a very short response, like one word. Yes. No, I don't know. Hmm. Like, you know, and um, that would leave him very confused as to always saying like, what, what did I do? Like, why are you upset? And I would always be like, I'm not like nothing, but like <laughs> there obviously was, um, I just didn't feel comfortable saying it. So now I'm, I'm definitely better at that too. Kind of not letting him try to read my mind and guess about what the problem is. Anyways, um, it says as a continued part of how these affect, um, these behaviors affect my partner. It says, when I view relationship problems as wholly my partner's fault instead of a negative cycle that we've both created, it gets in the way of making changes in the right areas and keeps us from getting better. And I could say wholeheartedly reading that, that that has been another big flaw of mine too, where in my head, I feel like I'm the one doing everything right. Um, and that it's always him, um, and I think that just, you know, creates a bigger wedge between us. Um, so when my partner feels chronically blamed for all relationship problems, it can make them resistant to getting help. They're afraid to be seen as the bad guy, which I can also, I, I feel like kind of bad for that too. Um, so yes, it says when I blame or protest, um, protest, I, when I protest or blame, instead of talking about my wants and needs from a place of self, because I don't know how, it pushes my partner away. So, there's another post that she has that says, why do anxious partners do that? And it, those, like, the that is blaming, um, protesting, demanding, um, like wanting them to raise the bar, lots of words, like filter for negative, criticize, kind of having that one foot out the door type of thing. So again, I'm going to say that this is not something that I grew up in. Like it says in the post, I grew up in a shaming environment um, and shame. Actually, hmm. I guess maybe this is actually accurate. I don't know. Maybe I'm just all the attachment problems. But anyways, it says I grew up in, I was going to say, like, maybe this is again, just from problems that I've had with my boyfriend. Um, but I guess maybe it's both. Maybe it's um, the way that I've become in our relationship, but also from being a child. So it says I grew up in a shaming um, environment. Shaming and blaming is how I, is how my caretakers taught me to be better. It says, if I can just convince you of how you've got it all wrong, you'll realize that I'm right and you'll want to change yourself. And if you could just change, I'll be okay and you'll be okay and our relationship will be okay and everything will be better and I won't have to feel alone and out of control of my safety. And literally, if I could like give that an award, I would like that deserves a freaking Grammy Oscar because that is literally how I feel. I feel like I'll sit there and like 
talk and ramble for so long. And I'll even say, like, I don't want you to just agree with me or say you're not going to do something. Like, I truly just want you to, like, think that. Like, I truly just want you to think that I'm right and understand and change because you realize that I'm right. And thinking that, like, the only way that I can move on and be in this relationship together is if he is different and these things aren't a thing anymore because the other way it just it eats at me like it really like that on fire feeling like i truly feel like that like i won't eat i won't anything and i i guess i'll get to that um so it says why does it feel safe for me to protest so it says i'm trying so hard to be heard and responded to if i can just get you to hear me everything will be okay I grew up in a home where I never knew if my emotional pain would be responded to or validated. This made me feel so desperate and alone, and sometimes all I know is how to is all I know how to do is get bigger to be heard. Which is true. That is true. Um, so this is why does it feel safe for me to demand? It's really hard for me to truly trust that I'm lovable and won't be abandoned. The way that I try to reassure reassure myself is to get you to prove to me that you love me and that you won't go away i'm not trying to be demanding it's just that in my mind if you do the things the way i want that means that you love me and all i want is to feel safe and loved but since my lack of trust gets in the way of allowing love in i can never get the reassurance that i'm looking for but I keep demanding anyways because I feel like that's my only hope. It says, why does it feel safe for me to raise the bar? I keep raising the bar for the same reasons I make demands. I'm looking for the ultimate proof that you love me and that you won't abandon me. The problem is I don't trust it when I get it. Since I don't trust it, I have to create another test. Raise that bar just a little higher, and once you meet that bar, then I'll feel secure. I have no idea I'm doing this because it's my subconscious attempting to get my needs met. Which is true. I do not realize it, Um, but I do now. (laughs) Anyways, it says, why does it feel safe for me to use lots of words? I'm not used to being heard and responded to. I had caretakers who weren't consistently available and a lot of the time I felt desperate to be heard and validated. Since I have a core belief that my voice doesn't matter and since sometimes you really aren't able to hear me because of your own blocks, I just keep repeating the same words over and over and just keep talking. Lots and lots of words trying so hard to be heard. This one also deserves a Grammy. This deserves like a kid's choice award, like everything because like a Nobel Peace Prize. I will sit there and be like embarrassingly ramble, like embarrassingly keep saying the same thing, whether it's for like a really long time during the time of talking, like, you know, like (laughs) in conversation at the same time. Or if it's consistently, like, every day, every freaking month, like, every week. Um, Yeah, so that is something that um, I feel like it's counterintuitive because, or, you know, counterreactive because, like, 
I feel like he does the opposite, like hearing it so many times that it just doesn't mean anything anymore. But like, I also have no idea how else to get what I want, get things to change. Um, and that's why I get so mad because it feels like I just cannot like get through. Um, and it hurts like that shit is painful, like to sit there and like, that's like, I'll like raise my voice. I'll like cry. I'll be like, you know, what do you not get? Like, why don't you care? Like, um, you know, and it's like, I hate repeating myself. I'm like, why do I have to say this over and over again? Like, it's something that I do, but I don't like it. Um, but now that I see this, I feel really validated actually. So this whole voice mode thing is really working. Um, anyways, moving on. It says, why does it feel safe for me to filter for the negative? says if i'm able to see the negative i won't get surprised and i'll be able to stay in control of the situation i need to stay very aware of any sign that you're mad don't love me or will abandon or betray me i'm always on alert it's never safe to rest and just enjoy the good stuff why would i do that in my experience the good stuff never lasts long it always goes away my brain has adopted to barely even noticing the good And if I do notice, it's not long before I find something scary to focus on or change. Which is also very true. Um, Because I feel like whenever something good happens, I'm kind of just like sad. Um, And like my only example to that, like I've literally told my boyfriend this like this week. Like is that, it's like if you know, it's like putting your dog down. Um, Like it's like a really great memory and experience not a great memory but it's a great experience of like oh you're doing happy things with your dog like you're giving them food you're giving them love like you're spending time with them but at the end of the day you know that you can't enjoy this moment and you can't be happy because you're you know what's happening you know what's gonna happen next like your dog's gonna get put down so you're sad about it like you're sad because you feel like it's the last moments that it's like that and I feel like that very often um so yeah it says why does it feel safe for me to criticize it says if i could just see if i could just get you to see what you're doing wrong we'll be okay i've made an art out of figuring out how to do things the right way in order to stay in control and i've had to do so from a young age of course i'm rigid about my ideas because if we don't do things my way I'm going to be very anxious about the bad things which might happen. I'm not trying to put you down. It's just how I stay safe. If you don't see it my way, this um, it's important for me to show you why you and your way are wrong. And that's how I stay safe. And it says, don't you understand? Um, which is too real. Too real. So it says, why does it feel safe for me to have one foot out the door? Um, my greatest fear is abandonment. So when I'm really wanting to show you how hurt I am and I can't get you to hear me any other way, I'm going to do, or I'm going to threaten to do what, um, to you, what is my own worst fear. I'm going to threaten to leave. Also, when I don't feel heard, responded to, or validated, and when I feel betrayed, it's also painful that all I want to do is run away. The problem is that I'm so afraid of abandonment that I can't even do that very well, but I can threaten it and if i can scare you hopefully you'll hear me and something will change and somehow everything will be okay which is didn't i tell you guys that didn't i just say like 
that's how I be like and that explains it so well is that like that's my own worst fear like I want to be with you forever like but it's like oh if I if all these things like I'm gonna be like okay well then I'm just gonna go I'm gonna leave then and I do threaten it and I do do those things um when I don't feel heard validated if I feel betrayed like there's something wrong no change um but like every single time that I block him like it's eating at me alive like I like I said like I don't eat like I don't function I'm I can't even go on my phone like I can't even like watch tv like I can't anything like I'm so consumed and then I always end up unblocking him and messaging him again. So, like, at this point, it doesn't even work because at the end of the day, he'll just be like, okay, like, whatever. Um, like, sure, fine, whatever. Because he knows at the end of the day, like, that I'm just going to unblock him. And that upsets me, too, because then I have to, like, make myself not for a long time um, to, like, prove my point. But sometimes it just doesn't even mean anything. <laughs> it's very toxic. But anyways, you know, we're just, we're trying... So it says, what's the downside of all of this? Blaming and criticizing leaves your partner feeling attacked, unheard, and or disrespected, all of which fuel the negative cycle. Um, demanding and raising the bar leave your partner feeling exhausted, hopeless, and demoralized. Protesting, getting emotionally bigger, getting louder, and using lots of words overwhelms the partner and the situation these behaviors can leave your partner feeling hopeless or sorry helpless not hopeless helpless controlled and trapped filtering the negative leaves your partner feeling underappreciated or unappreciated demoralized and wondering will i ever be able to get it right when the anxious partner has one fit out of the door the partner may first feel threatened but will eventually begin to view their behavior as an empty threat which will leave the anxious partner feeling more unheard. Which I just said that. I literally just said that, you guys. Um, I'm crazy. Anyways, I guess to kind of like, I mean, I guess I've kind of already explained some of the things that I've been feeling um, in explaining that. But I guess to kind of like, I don't want to get personal, obviously, like too personal. Because I just respect my <laughs> my privacy with my partner and I and... Um, I don't want to, like, air out any of his stuff or any of... I mean, I don't care about airing out my stuff, but, um... Issues that are just between us or, like, trying to paint each other in a negative way. Um, because, again, it's it's definitely the both of us and it's not, like, intentional. Nothing is, um, intentionally doing anything wrong to one another. Um, and obviously, we're trying to, like, really hard to, like, work things out. Um through our faults and i think um we've just been doing this like negative cycle for so long maybe like not even knowing or realizing because i mean i definitely did know before again like being with him that i had the disorganized attachment but i thought that i was like working on it (laughs) um and his his attachment style used to actually be anxious where it always felt like he was just very clingy um or like emotional and worried and maybe he was and maybe he is but like again over time 
he's just grown and like realized all these things and maybe the issues with me like changed but he's not like that anymore and it's twisted to become me being extremely very anxious where I feel the need to talk to him all the time like have tabs on everything I have like no trust at all and even sometimes when there's nothing to worry about um it just feels like that and again i'm not like invalidating myself by saying oh well there's no reason for me to feel like that or it's just like the attachment style like i've never had trust issues i've never really been insecure but there's definitely been things in our relationship that have made me um become this way um and like i was again like very avoidant like the emotional thing where he would be emotional and clingy like before freaked me out like I would feel like scared that he's like oh he's obsessed with me oh he's a stalker oh he's gonna like kill me and again it's just because like my OCD and like those are so like irrational like not even true like he did not exhibit any of those signs he just showed that he like really liked me and cared about me and like was persistent in how he felt and for me as someone I was just like, well, why is he being like that? Like, that's kind of sketchy. Like, why does he like me so much? Like, that's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, so like that didn't fly. But like now that I'm like better and more affectionate, more comfortable, anything. And like having these things happen, it's just like, I'm so scared of losing him. I'm so like, I have all those like raising the bar things, all these needs, all these whatever. And feeling like if he doesn't do them, then it feels like betrayal to me. And... Um, I guess just having problems with how he's changed, um, in that way, because it kind of feels like the roles have switched a little bit, um, or a lot of bit, and it just seems like if I'm away for too long, like, it just feels bad if I, um, like, I feel the constant need for, like, reassurance, the constant need for, like, checking, like tests or um constantly trying to do things that are like above and beyond so that he likes me like things I mean I've talked to him about this and he's like you don't even need to do that but like I feel like I have to like constantly be the best um so that he doesn't like leave or that he still wants me as bad as he did before or um any of those things like if he goes out like with friends or whatever like it that is like the worst feeling in the world for me and that's like not normal and I know it's not and I don't want to like control his life and I want him to like go out and have fun but it's something that like bothers me very 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 much and I don't really know what to do about it and again I think it's time to hit up miss girly my therapist (laughs) um and and honestly like not that any of those things would fix it i mean after reading this i do think that we need to him and i need to like talk again and like be better about working things out because we definitely are but i like we're already doing that and the problem is not that we don't love each other like we do very 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 much um it's just all of these things it's like when we're good we're really good but when we're bad it's really bad and it's never anything like physical um or like violent or 
like actual cheating like none of that I guess um it's just things that I don't know it's just when it's good it's good when it's bad it's not um so yeah I think that we are putting in the work but obviously there's still things that are like in the way both with him and his own problems and mine and my own um but yeah I don't know if that's normal to feel like in a relationship like I said like this is my first relationship and I've never felt like that before like in the past I would encourage him to go out like oh you should go out you should do these things um but now it feels like I'm dying (laughs) and now it's really hard for me like even to just take a shower and like not talk it's like oh my gosh I feel like I'm rushing all the time or like uh, I don't know like or if we if I block or whatever like I said like it's just really hard like it feels like again like I'm just like not okay like I'm dying and I it's hard for me to let it be good um and to not ask questions and to not like have lots of words and always want to be in like let's fix this mode um so yeah I definitely think that like fixing it is good like healthy communication all that is good but maybe there is a point where it's too much (laughs) um so yeah and at this point like I said like I was trying to say actually but I got distracted um I don't even know if like the therapy and stuff would fix it I don't think it would because at the end of the day I think it's a problem of me just needing to realize okay what I can control is what I can control and I know what I would and would not do and I know there's a lot of things that I wouldn't do and I know that I would do everything and sit here and do everything I can to be with him what he does and what I'm worried about him doing is his own behavior and I can't control that and at the end of the day I think that I'm worried because I know at the end of the day okay if he does what he does like and we can't be together then that's him you know that's not me the problem is that sometimes I feel like no matter what happens I will still stay um because leaving is so hard and I don't want it to be like that I don't want to feel like that um I don't want to just stick around because and live through like a really bad unhealthy relationship where two people are not meant to be or not compatible or have these problems or disrespect or distrust or any of those things but um I also do think I just need to kind of come to the I need to just swallow the tough pill of if that happens if like you know, those are, that's his, like, doing, or that's, that's his control, like, he can only control that, and only I can control my life after that, moving on, doing what's best for me, and living with those consequences, like, it's, like, anxiety about anything else, really, because I used to have really bad anxiety, um, in general, and, like, panic disorder, and all of that, like, and really, the only way of beating that or OCD anything is kind of just like coming to acceptance and having acceptance. So I need to just come to accept that I just need to go with the flow. Like let whatever happen and whatever happens is what happens and only I can control what I do from there, um, from what ends up happening. 
Um, so as much as I want something and whatever I want it to be, me stressing and me doing all of these things is obviously not going to like prevent that from happening. So what's meant to be will be and everything happens for a reason. I always stand by that. I always say that. So I need to just say that um, and stop trying to control everything. And uh, yeah, obviously there are many, many other things that I need to read on to really learn how to work this out uh, with him and obviously try a few of them. So maybe I'll make a little update voice memo not a podcast um and give some update about how things are going what works what doesn't work um anything else i've realized and yeah i think that's it if you've listened this long thank you so much sorry if that was like really long and hard to follow but i think in terms of like for me um that was really needed and very helpful so yeah Until next time, toodles.